Your Tea Time at Saz Styles Productions is coming up. We have four podcasts for you to enjoy this week. On Tuesday, the Retrograde is super excited to bring you a retro classic, Excite Bike. On Thursday, the Jackass crew pay homage to the granddaddy of absurdity when they revisit Tom Green's Subway Monkey Hour. Also on Thursday, Mikey and Brian speak with an NHL equipment ambassador about how he got himself inside all the league's locker rooms. On Friday, Andrew Baskin wants you to lose money on the Belmont Stakes and a UFC fight night. His analysis and more on losing money with Andrew Baskin. See you on the 19th hole. Wink. Get into it. Coming up. A Sad Styles production. Hello and welcome. My name is Mikey Aaronworth signing on to the Sign Off, a Frameworth podcast once again. And ladies and gentlemen, I am recording this on Tuesday morning. That is Tuesday, June 1st. And if you're a Leafs fan, you'll know what that means. And if you're a Habs fan, you'll absolutely know what that means. Uh, It's been a rough morning for me in Toronto. I started off my day. My barista uh, was wearing a Habs jersey, uh, which was fun. They said to me, uh, I have to take this off because I'm having the exact same interaction with every person every day who walks into this place. And I said, "Uh, well, now you know how Leafs fan feel every time we uh, hit first round of the NHL playoffs. Now, I don't want to say too much about this because it's in the past. I do want to congratulate our Frameworth friends over on the Montreal Canadiens. We have Anderson, Suzuki, Weber, Price, among others. Uh, Look, it was a hard-fought series. Not much more to say about that. I'm not a sports talk guy myself. I try to stay out of sports because they're not so good for my mental health, it turns out. Uh, But here I am. Now I get to talk to you guys and maybe uh, shed a little bit of light on what happens behind the scenes in the NHL. And for this episode, this is you know what? This is a good antidote, actually, for what you may have experienced uh, on Monday if you're a Leafs fan. And even if you're a Montreal fan or, or a fan of any other team, it doesn't matter because you are going to laugh hysterically in this episode. We have a person that we've teased on this podcast before. His name's Brad Jansen. You'll recognize him if you heard our episode about the time that my dad infamously, now infamously, lost uh, Rick Nash's collection of game-used jerseys. Brad Jansen was the player representative of Rick Nash at that time and brought him on board, and he has a different perspective to the whole situation, uh, and he wants to uh, set the record straight. This one may get a little bit blue for some of you guys, uh, so if you're sensitive to language, maybe uh, treat this one with caution. But uh, I I think if you can push through it, you're going to have an absolute blast. We're going to have Brad Jensen on again, time and time again. Uh, It was hard to get a word in edgewise because uh, that's the way you want it when you're talking to Brad. He's got stories for days. He was an equipment representative for various companies uh, throughout his career. So he's in very tight with the players and they all love him. Uh, They're as excited to see him as we are as regular fans to see the players most of the time. And because of that, he gets a ton of great insight and intimate reactions from these guys. He's got stories about getting in fights with Ty Domi. He's got stories about sending Mike Green the wrong stick. Look, I I don't want to ruin anything before we get started. So I'm just going to stop talking like you guys have been begging me to do since I turned on this camera or or this microphone, depending on where you're listening. Uh, I will see you guys on the other side for a fantastic interview. Enjoy your time. Best of luck to the Montreal Canadiens uh, for the rest of the playoffs. And now that I've read the rest of my ransom note from a lost bet, I can continue on. We will see you guys on the other side. And welcome. 
Welcome back. Thanks again for joining us for yet another week. Um, this is a guest, I know I say this at the beginning of just about episode every episode, but one of the guests that we had uh, had been excited to have onto the podcast from the very beginning, from the outset, when we set out and we wrote down a list of people who would be great to bring onto this podcast, who may not be known necessarily in the mainstream, I'm sure he would argue otherwise, but who may not necessarily be known by the collectors out there in the industry, um, we wanted to have him on to basically show you, similar like Rocket, the head of athlete security that we had on in our second episode oh. this is the kind of guy who is beloved by the players i said this on an earlier episode and i'll say it again when you're excited to go into a room and see a bunch of your favorite hockey players this guy is the person who the players are excited to see he's been involved in uh, in player management and and he's uh, worked as a representative for several stick companies throughout his career uh, his name is brad jansen learn it and remember it because at the end of this episode i guarantee you're going to be asking us to have him back on brad thanks for joining us Oh, this is so exciting. I'm being, I tell. To by, I'm being compared to by Rocket. This is a great <laughs> intro. This is awesome. I'm so excited to hear that. I'm compared to a security guy. This is great. This is really good. I knew I lost sleep last night because I knew that as soon as I gave the introduction, something was going to flag and you were going to give me shit for it. So, so here we are. I think we're going to get them both on at the same time. Get the boxing gloves out. That might work. That might work. So if, uh, if you haven't yet heard what I think has come to be our most well-received episode yet, not you, Brad, I'm, I'm speaking to the, the listener. I'll, I'll speak to you in a second. So you, you hold your horses. Uh, but if you haven't heard our episode about uh, the time where my uh, dad, Brian Aaron, the president of Frameworth, who I'm joined with right now, um, lost a collection of game-used jerseys from an NHL superstar in the form of Rick Nash. There was a, a person who was portrayed in this story as, uh, as frustrated with the way the situation had played out. We did our best to paint him in his best light, uh, but he immediately reached out to us and said, I got to get on this podcast and defend myself. That was Brad Jansen, and that's who you see if you're listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube. You'll see his beautiful face with his hair that some might argue is a little bit too long. Some may not have an issue with it. I don't know. But uh, here we have Brad to defend himself and, uh, and to defend his honor. Brad, Walk us through what you were thinking. To catch up the listener quickly, my dad had been trusted by Brad with the entire career's collection of jerseys from Rick Nash, a young superstar in the league, hot off uh, uh, his, his initial years where he was... It was clear in Columbus he was going to be a name that's been spoken about for quite a while. You had been close friends with him, and you were trying to get these jerseys framed up. My dad, unfortunately, lost those and had to spend the next couple days trudging through literal mountains of trash in dumps to find the jerseys. Um, What were your initial thoughts when he came to you and said, you know that young hotshot you've got under your wing? You uh, (laughs) You may be in some trouble because I no longer have his jerseys. Well, I, yeah, I listened to that episode, and first of all, I was a little taken back that you guys seem to think that I'm angry. And I'm telling you right now, I am not angry. This is not – I don't know why you're portraying me as angry in this thing because that made me angry. Okay, Brad, all right, okay. No, you're not an okay. angry guy. We get this. Okay, we all know right. this. So so I think – well, I remember, I remember uh, like it was yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, Rick was just turning 21, and uh, – we played in a golf tournament and he said, do you want to come to play in this tournament? He said, sure. Yeah, no problem. Uh, and he goes, uh, Brian, and he says, Hey, you know, your friend there who's doing this, do you think he could frame up a couple of my jerseys for me? And I reached out to Brian and Brian said, yeah, of course, no problem. That'd be, yeah, we'd love to do it. 
So we get to the uh, golf course, and he's got a garbage garbage bag. And, and we go, don't forget about the garbage bag. And he goes, Brian, I got these jerseys here. And he goes, okay, uh, just put them in my trunk. And it's a garbage bag. So yeah. he puts them in the trunk, and everything goes on. And, uh, you know, the day goes over. Great day. And I remember the next day, it was, I think it was Friday. It must have been a Friday. Rick was heading to Vegas weekend, for his yeah. 21st birthday. And he was taking his buddies and they were going to party it up because he's turned 21. And uh, it was Friday and it was Africa hot. I mean, I just, I remember how hot it was that day. And uh, <clears throat> Brian gives me a call and he says, Hey, you know, did a, did a great day. And he goes, yeah, he goes, uh, remember that they, uh, the jerseys, they, they uh, lost the jerseys. And I'm, I'm thinking he's talking, talking about the jerseys. jerseys. That, that were at, at the, the golf, golf tournament, tournament that he had, had for all the players, the players that, that were there. Right. That were and he was just the guys he had signed or whatever, and he had a bunch of jerseys of the players. I went, oh, you know, that's no big deal, and uh, yeah, you know, you probably get more of those. And he and then he goes, no, no, he says, I, uh, we lost Rick Nash's jerseys. Well, I was stunned. I went, what? You lost <laughs> the jerseys? I'm going. Well, I go. I, I guess I go. I'm looking around and go, this has got to be a joke because it can't be happening. He goes, no. <clears throat> they were in a garbage bag. I put them in my office when I got back. Came in the office in the morning. They're gone. Oh, my God. I go, gone where? He goes, oh, they're, they're in the garbage. <laughs> I go, and I'm going, man, you're, uh, you, your company's done. Like, you're done. Like, that's, <laughs> that's what he said to me, I said, too. you might as well just lock the doors because it's it's over. You're You're, you're done. And I said, well, he goes, no, no. He says, uh, we've, we've contacted the garbage people. We've gone here. We've gone there. And we're fine. We're up. We're going up to see them. We're going to see what's going on. <clears throat> so I said, keep, call, keep, give me updates. And I'm, and he goes, can you check with Rick as to how many jerseys there were <laughs> on his 21st birthday in Las Vegas and, and Vegas. And I'm going, Brian, how do you want me to do that? <laughs> call, Hey, Rick. <clears throat> How's your weekend going in Vegas? Oh, and by the way, you know that bag of jerseys you left to get framed? Well, they're now in the garbage. So anyway, have a great weekend. And I'm going, how do you, how do you ask that question? And I'm sure they're hungover. And I'm sure they don't want it. It's three hours difference. And, and he goes, well, I got to find out how many jerseys were in the bag. So, because we're going to, we need to find out. And I'm like, so how again? I said, I'm not calling this guy on his 21st birthday in Vegas. Not. And say, hey, by the way, uh, here's what's going on. I, I have a question, though, because you, you mentioned that he, when the, what, what strikes me most about this conversation, because I've never heard it from your perspective, is the way that my dad first answered the phone or, or first spoke to you on the phone. Did he was he trying to make small talk? Did I get did I read that right? Was he? Hey, how's it going? Great day. Oh, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was exactly like that. Hey, what a great day the other day. Yeah, and it was well. It was it was an awesome call. It was, really house. had a good time. It was a great day. And he goes, oh, and um, we we they lost the jerseys. And I'm and again, I'm not even equating them to Rick Nash's no, jerseys because he talks about the golf tournament first. <laughs> and I remember that he had a bunch of these jerseys at the golf tournament. And I thought, oh, they lost the jerseys at the golf tournament. Oh, oh well, you know, you can get. No, nope, he lost Rick Nash's jerseys in a garbage bag. So, so, so now he wants me to find out when you how many jerseys were in the bag when you hung up the phone. What what is what's going through your head at that? But like, do you have any sense of what you're supposed to do? Because you've already said you're not calling Rick. Is uh, it the first thing I did was I had a drink. I was I, gonna, I was <laughs> honestly going to say I, like how I, do you I, not... I, mean, 
it's like nine 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 thirty in the morning. It's already like thirty three degrees, humid, and I go, I, I need to have a drink. I can't, I can't, I can't deal with this. This is this is crazy. I'm I'm walking around. I'm like, I don't. What am I gonna? What are we gonna do here? So he Brian's telling me he's going to the dump and he's going here and he's going there. And I said, I don't care what you do. Like you can do whatever you want. But you better find because your business is done if you don't find these jerseys. Like I mean, these are priceless. They're he not, said that, but with a few them. more expli- expletives. <laughs> well, I don't know. Am I allowed to swear on get, this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Get the fucking jerseys, oh, or you're sakes, dead. About time. You better find those fucking jerseys, or your business <laughs> is done. I remember. <laughs> I don't, in the way that the story was told, my dad said the next person he got on the phone with was the insurance company. Yeah, <laughs> to say yeah. whether or not I would have called my lawyer. Yeah, to be honest with you, insurance would have been the smart call. Oh, that's so good. So, so you, so you have your drink, and then I, I think it's just a matter of waiting for you at this point, right? Yeah. When is the next? I'm time waiting for the hear... call. Waiting for the call. When? When's he, the next he... time you hear from him? Well, he's on his way to London. Mm. He, he's in his. He's got a car full of people. He went to. He told me I went to Walmart. He told me how much money I had to spend on buying <laughs> boots and coveralls, and, and I go, I don't care. Like a big, big deal. And they're and they're driving in my brand new BMW. I'm going, well, you'll be giving that back soon. <laughs> so anyway, he gets down there and every hour we found one. Nope, we found a sweatshirt, found a sock. <laughs> Is that what was in the bag? I'm going, I don't know what was in the bag. Okay, well, we got a sweatshirt and we got a sock. Go, okay, well, what about jerseys? And he goes, uh, you know, we think we found the area. We think, uh, you know, we think we're getting it. And then he was digging away and they said, we, and he goes, it's three feet deep. And he's telling me how bad it smells. And I go, Brian, I got to go have, I got to go back and jump in the pool. Cause I'm really getting hot right now. So you can call me back later. <laughs> will you? Let me know. Let me know later. So I finally get enough nerve later in the afternoon. And, uh, I do call, uh, down to Vegas to Rick and he does answer. And I play it like, hey, Rick, how's it going, man? I hope you're having a great time. It's cool. I go, I just want to let you know, uh, <clears throat> Brian's got the jerseys, and uh, they're going to be great. And then I go, oh. hey. And then I just go, hey, listen, man, that was a big bag. How many jerseys did you have in that thing? Like, <laughs> like as a thing, he goes, I had 22. Oh, 22. Oh, great. That's all. Just 22. <laughs> and he goes, was it, is, there, is that going to be a problem? And I'm like, he already knows. <laughs> and I go, what do you mean? He goes, is that, is that too many? Is that too many? And they're going, well, you may not get 22. <laughs> I got a sock and I got a sweatshirt. Going. It's going to look, look great in a frame. Anyway, he tells me 22. And I get off the phone. I call Brian right back. I go, hey, I just got off the phone with Rick. I kind of, you know, dumbplayed it. And he said, there's 22 jerseys in the bag. And Brian's like, 22? Holy jeez. And he calls me back and he goes, we've got 11. He's found 11. And I go, well. You're halfway there. You, now you'll and only goes, lose half of your company. <laughs> and he goes, we got to leave because there's a thunderstorm. And they made us leave the area. We can't dig anymore. So we have to go because it was it was one of those hot days and thunderstorms were coming. He goes, yeah, we can't we can't dig anymore. We're going to, you know, and Brian's going, I'm going to pay everybody here. I put a reward out for everybody working here for every jersey they find. And I think he said it was like, a, did you say a thousand, a thousand bucks. bucks a jersey if they find a jersey? Yeah, a thousand yeah. I forgot about that. I, I didn't yeah. know that either. Yeah. So I'm looking in my place, and I've got about 13 old jerseys. I'm going to run down to the dump and dump them in the dump, dump in and then pull them out and go, look, I got 13 jerseys here. That's 13. That's 13 grand you owe me, Brian. So 
he gets it all in. And we, the day goes by, then the next day, and then he's finding them. And, and I remember we had to call Scotty McKay, who was working for the Leafs at the time as one of their equipment guys. And we said, here's our problem. we got a bunch of jerseys here. They're Rick Nash's. they got some holes in them because the digging and stuff, and they're pretty dirty. How can, can you repair them to make them look like it's just a repair job that you guys would normally do on a Leaf jersey? And other thing goes, yeah, no problem. Bring them over. We'll, we'll fix them all up. <clears throat> so we got them to Scotty. He got them to his dry cleaners. I guess the guy went through every inch. And so the long story short is he ended up with 20, what do you get, 21 jerseys, right, Brian? Yep. yep. Other 22. It's crazy. And it's about, I think it's Wednesday now. So let's start on Friday and Rick's back on Wednesday. And he goes, come on in, Rick. Your jerseys are ready to go. And Brian's got them all laid out in the, the showroom, like all the way along. And we don't know which one's missing. We have no idea. So Rick comes and goes, come on in the office. And he's sitting in one chair. I'm sitting in the other chair. And Brian's behind his desk. And Brian starts telling the story. And I'm sitting beside Rick. Well, his legs are jumping. Like he's just like, he's like this shaking. Like, you know, he's just, okay. I, and he tells him the story. But I want to know which I got to get out and see. Right which one's missing or which ones are missing. Right. I don't, uh, and Brian's still talking and talking away. And Rick's like, okay, I get it. Let's go. I want to see what they have. So he walks out and they're all laid out and he goes, okay, that's a good one. Yeah. That one's oh, that one. Okay. I'm glad we got that one. Go with this one. Oh, that's awesome. Got this one. And there was like all-star jersey. Yeah. His first NHL game, his London night Jersey, his Jersey where they, you know, he gets first overall and they give it to him. Yep. Um, there was Spangler Cup or World Championships, World Juniors, everything in there you could think of. Yeah. Do, and do like you nothing, remember the jersey? Nothing, you can't replace any of them. No, no, of course. Do you and remember the, the jersey that he lost? The only lost. one that was missing, sorry, Mike, the only one that was missing, I remember him saying was, it was a, a jersey from his old minor Bantam uh, days, and it wasn't that important. Like he said, it, you know, if, if anyone, if any of the 22 are missing, that would be the one that would be, missing and it was like everybody was like oh that's man. amazing like, you know what it was brad the one thing that you didn't bring up or maybe you didn't even know was we gave up at 11 jerseys on the friday night i came back yeah i just said there's no way we dug three feet deep there's nothing else we can find and i didn't know mono my foreman went back the next day without me knowing it and kept digging and found the other nine yeah like nine or ten yeah. As, as now, my dad if, says, if I remember correctly, though, Brian, it was Mono that threw the bag in the garbage. <laughs> it was. It was Mono. Yeah, but... okay, okay. So now I understand why Milo <laughs> went back the day after. No. And to this day, I don't know how many years ago it is, but every time I see Mono, I go, you're still working. <laughs> how, how is that possible? You're my, still working My here? favorite thing about the way that this story is told from your perspective, Brad, is when it's told... By you dad of course it's it's triumph and it's victory and it's working hard to get the job done even though everything looked dire and from brad's perspective yeah. it's like fucking of course you did that you had to, do yeah. that. <laughs> you had to. there's no alternative like you're not you can't reproduce these these lifetime mementos of somebody that you threw in the garbage but, well like, that was brad when i first phoned him from from the garbage place up in highway seven in toronto there i said uh, i said brad we lost all the jerseys and his words to me were 
you get the fucking jerseys back or you're a dead man. That was his <laughs> yeah. words exactly. <laughs> are, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> I'm looking around going, this has got to be a joke. It's, it's a prank. Oh. There's no way. Just reliving oh, yeah. it gives me anxiety. Um, so that's, oh. I love having you on for that perspective, for the other side of it. And, uh, and I think our listeners will probably understand your concerns there and especially the lack of control, not knowing what's going to happen after that. But um, can you describe actually, before we move on, the state of my dad when he had been telling Rick that the jerseys had gone missing. What was what was his demeanor? Um, so have you ever seen somebody that's just about to pass out and they get really white and pale? <laughs> <laughs> so, and they got like sweat on their forehead and everything. And I can picture you, it. You can tell that there's something not right here. It's yeah. not, he sees Rick and most, hey, Rick, hey, how was Vegas? Great. He's like, Hey Rick, I got a story to tell you. Oh, and, no. and, and it's I need you to I need you to listen to this. And this is, you know, and Rick's like, what? What the fuck's going on here? <laughs> well, we threw your jerseys in the garbage. <laughs> oh, okay, great. Yeah. All right. That's so amazing. why am I here? He's like, yeah. And then he was he proceeded to keep talking and talking and talking. And Rick's like, okay. I, I want to just go here. like you can tell he's shaking and he's anxious. He just wants to go see Which what's one's left, missing. what's he got. Oh man. Yeah. I love that. Now. Okay. So thank you again for providing a little bit of that perspective. I actually have never heard you tell the story. So that's, that's, I've a, heard him tell it many, of many times. Have. How many players have you told that to? Everyone that'll listen. <laughs> <laughs> but they're I all interested. Eh? I'm telling you right now. I, I hate you want to deal with this guy, I'm going to give you a little backstory here. <laughs> he may if you're going to give him jerseys. something, you better make sure it's not in a garbage bag because <laughs> you're not getting it back. So, um, and you're dropping anything off, do not put it in a garbage bag. Why don't you guys uh, tell me uh, uh, the story of how the two of you met? Because at this point, as I mentioned on the podcast uh, the last time we, we spoke about the, the uh, Rick Nash fiasco, um, I'd mentioned that you guys were very good friends and continue to be to this day, thankfully, because a lot of those things are found. No, yeah, that's fair. But how did you guys meet? Because cause it, I think you were involved with one another through the world of sports marketing. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, in 1994, uh, Wayne Gretzky had taken a bunch of all-star NHL guys uh, during the lockout over to Europe to play a bunch of exhibition games for three weeks. And I was working for CCM at the time, and we uh, he contacted me about producing a jersey because it ha couldn't be an NHL jersey, and he wanted to this is something Wayne. that's very yeah. unique for him that the guys could have and play over there. <clears throat> and we we jumped on board and said, "Yeah, we'll you know we'll gladly uh, make these up for you, sponsor you, and uh, or whatever." No, they ended up paying for them all that, but. So I, I had known Wayne previously through World Cups, Canada Cups, I mean, and uh, through the hockey industry. So after the three weeks of this, it was a really cool jersey that he designed. He had 99 on the front, and he had a bunch of sponsors like Coke and LA Gear and uh, the Players Association. And uh, it was a pretty neat, it was an, actually, it was the Detroit Red Wings old original jersey. And instead of the word Detroit, he had embroidered the word 99 in it. Oh, nice. And, and 99ers or something. Anyway, so after the after the event, I was like, you know, this is a pretty cool jersey that's not licensed. So nobody can reproduce this. It's not an NHL jersey. It's a pretty unique item. So I thought, I'm going to, I think I'm going to try and sell these as a collector's item. Right. Um, and do 999 of them. 
and Wayne will autograph them and I'll get them framed or whatever and then sell them out at $999. And it's to be a lot, you know, one of 999, two of 99. And so we're proceeding all the way through and I'm getting all the approvals from Wayne's agent, from Upper Deck, from NHLPA. So there's a lot of hoops you got to jump through just to get to produce this. And so at $1,000 a jersey back then, you wanted to make sure there was a value in it other than the jersey itself. And I was thinking of framing it or something. And uh, somebody at Maple Leaf Gardens who worked at the Leaf Sport, Jeff Newman, had said, good friend of mine has a company called Frameworth, and they do all these frames and cases and stuff. You should go see Brian. And I'd never met Brian before. So I remember going up to the office there, and I'd come in and go, hi, how you doing? Good, da, da, da. He goes, so what can I do for you? He goes, I want 1,000 cases. And he's like, oh, okay, a thousand. Not a bad cases. deal, yeah, yeah. Big order. Uh, okay, what's it for? And I said, well, I'm going to produce this jersey. And and Brian, at that time, we did. He didn't have a two sided case, I don't think, right? No, Brian? no, we, we we developed that for you, yeah, yeah. That, so you're talking about case. the stand up acrylic. You can see the right? front and the back of the jersey because right. it was pretty unique on the front and it was pretty unique on the back. Sure. So I'm just uh, plating it on the wall and getting one side of it. He designed a, a 360 case where you lower the jersey inside the plastic acrylic, and then you can turn around and see both sides. It was a spectacular really cool. case. Very cool. We still sell that and to Brian this day, goes, actually. Yeah. 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 Well, and I, I don't see any royalties on that, that's for sure. But, uh, shocker there. Uh, they, we had your royalties, but they uh, we put them in a trash bag. And they, uh, they got yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, it, and then... I can't remember what the price was. It was a significant price. I think it was like about $125 a case. And I'm thinking, I said, I need a thousand. So Brian's never met me before. And he's like, Hey, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, do you think maybe we could start with a hundred mm-hmm. and see how they go? And I said, sure. You know, he says, I'll give you I don't the think you want to have that. A, yeah. 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 I don't want to, I don't think I want to give you a thousand jer- cases at this point. If it doesn't fly, you're sitting with all these cases. Right. So, you know, he helped me out that way in, in letting me know what the best procedure was. And then I remember we we had to develop uh, the shipping, be able to ship them in a big box with the jersey and ship them all over the world and hope they don't break. Right. And that was a bit of a that was a bit of a dilemma, but we were able to work through that. So that's originally how Brian and I met. And then. You know, we continued through our relationship that way. And, uh, you know, he was constantly looking for his money. And uh, <laughs> that's why he was calling me all the time. I just thought he wanted to hang out with me and everything. But he was, no, um, you owe me some money here. And uh, I, I need the money. And you, you better pay me. Yeah. So, no, uh, yeah, like that's. That. I don't know. Uh, yeah. No, of course yeah. not. I, I have a question for you, though. Because you, I mean, we kind of glossed over the fact that at this point in your career, you were in tight with Wayne Gretzky. Now, what was your trajectory? How did you get involved in the world of you were working for CCM at the time? Uh, what was your, yeah. what was your path there? Did you, did you play hockey? Was that the original goal or? or, or... Yeah. So I was a glorified uh, junior B player, played a little bit with the Kingston Canadians and uh, was property of the London Knights back then and played junior B in London uh, and was going to go on a U.S. scholarship, but ended up not because uh, I guess you got to be pretty smart to get into these schools. And, uh, <laughs> smart enough to not put game-used jerseys in a trash bag. Yeah, think, right? and unfortunately, school was not one of my uh, <laughs> highlights. Or, um, so I had actually got a, 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 a contract to play uh, hockey in Austria, a tier t- Division Two team over in Leoben, Austria. So I went over to Austria 
and I played there for a year and I actually blew my knee out, tore my ACL and had to have an ACL reconstruction. So at that time, it took a year for it to, you had to rehab for a year. So I came back from there and had the surgery and had to wait a year. I had a, I still had a contract to go back, but over the year, I had worked at a sports store in London, Ontario called Just Sports uh, part-time. And I went back there and I just heard at the time that Bauer was hiring a pro rep to do Ontario Hockey League and juniors. And uh, so I known that pretty well. And then I applied and did the interview and actually got hired at Bauer to do OH, cover the OHL. So I moved down to Kitchener from London, worked with Bauer for a year and a half and covered the Ontario Hockey League. Loved when, you, it. when you say covered, what, what were your uh, responsibilities there? What, what so we mean? sold the skates. Uh, we went directly to every team. So I would fit all the players for the London Knights or the Kingston Canadians at the time or whoever. And, and back then, Bauer had, I think we had 96% of the league wearing Bauer skates. Uh, it was it was crazy. Like some teams, like the, the whole team had to wear Bauer. And they were all custom made like, a, like an NHL team had. Uh, and after about a year and a half, and CCM had like five players in the whole league. They came to me after a year and a half and, and said, listen, we'd like you to come work for us. Uh, you know, we want to get into the junior business. We got some NHL business because um, they were big on the jerseys, but their skate wasn't doing very well at all. And so they, they you know, they recruited me over and paid me a little more money um, and said, sure, you know, no loyalty to, to Bauer. I've been only in a year and a half. And then. So I came into the CCM, went over to CCM the next year, and then things changed right away. CCM's business, not not because of me, but <laughs> their product got better, um, and you know we were doing better in the National Hockey League, and I became more of a National Hockey League representative for CCM and, and Junior as well. So over the, that course of that period, <clears throat> I would see all the teams, and Wayne, you know, obviously Wayne was the, the superstar, and I'd known him a little bit from minor hockey in Brantford. I knew on the name, he knew my name, and we kind of, and I was actually good friends with Paul Coffey because he was a Bauer guy, and um, he would call every day. He was a, a complete uh, nut job when it comes to skates, <laughs> Just and somehow he got my guy. number, and he was constantly, he was playing in Pittsburgh, and a good friend of mine, Dave McElwain, was playing for Pittsburgh. And McWayne gave him my number, and it was like, okay, here, this guy was relentless. Now, what's he and asking he for? What's what's is is it to oh, tweak his skates a bit or more? Yeah, well, constantly quarter size here, a little this there, widen the lacing, and you know, he's he's ordering different skates, and we haven't even shipped the skates that he ordered the, the week before. <laughs> he's, and like, he's already making a change. He's like the Nicky Lauda <laughs> of skates. He oh, comes onto the scene, nuts, and all of a sudden he man. wants to control the car. Nuts. Like I can tell you, him and Mark Messi were absolutely nut jobs with skates. So I went down to Pittsburgh a couple of times and I was hanging with Dave McElwain and Dan Quinn. I played junior B with Dan Quinn. So I knew him. I'd stay at Quinn. So I got to know Paul Coffey pretty well from down there. <clears throat> and we became good buddies over the time because he called me every day. Right. <laughs> and uh, right. And so I got to, got to know him very well. And then at the Canada Cups, he's very close with Wayne. Right. And. Paul and I are close, so I kind of got thrown into that mix with those guys. We went out golfing a few times, and uh, and it went from there. Like, you know, hockey guys are hockey guys. No matter, you know, if you're a superstar, you're a third, fourth liner, you're still 
still the same mentality. So got to know him very well over there. Do you think uh, how much of your success as a representative for the equipment companies has to do with the fact that you grew up entrenched in hockey culture? So you were essentially one of them as soon as you walked into the yeah, locker yeah. rooms. Are there, do you know of any equipment reps who didn't get that start? Because it, it seems like there's a lingo and a discourse to, to the way that people who are involved in hockey interact with one another. There's almost a different language to yeah. it. Uh, do you 100%. find that, that gave you 100%. more success? Well, put it this way. Everybody asks me now, what's the hardest part of, what was the hardest part of the, your job? And I said, to, I tell guys, you know what the hardest part is? Is to be able to get into the rink. That's fair. Yeah. To know, to know where to go in, to know how to walk by a security guard just to be able to walk in like you know where you're going. And <clears throat> I remember somebody back in the day goes, you know, you dress you dress for the job you want, not the one you got. Yeah. So I was always an immaculate dresser. I was wearing suits and everything. And I walked by a security guard at the thing and just went, hey, how you doing, guys? Good? Yeah, how you doing? And just keep walking by. Yeah. They have no idea who I am. <laughs> hey, hey, but if you act like you're supposed to be there, and you know where you're going, yeah. nobody ever questions you. Do you know what, Mike? So I, Brad, hang on just a second. So you know, is there a common thread here? We talked about this last time because in the in my business, it was the same thing. You go into Maple Leaf Gardens, you can't get by the security. There was always a security guard on those gates, right? But if yep, you walk yep. by and you know you look like you own the place. Right. So I did the same thing, and I didn't know that. You did that until you just told me that. But I kind of figured oh, yeah. I know you, so I know what you're about. Now, how, how <laughs> yeah. is an equipment rep otherwise expected to get, you know, in tight with the players? Like, were you were you not given credentials at this point or anything? You're just expected no, to, wow. They never really, even the NHL to this today doesn't give you a pass right. type of thing. So, I mean, it's changed now today to back in the, like, back when I first started you you basically have to uh well no toronto maple leafs gives you a pass they give you a media pass that you can go into Uh, and i think they're the only uh at this point they're the organization the ohl gives you an ohl chl pass now but before you didn't have it so it's it's today in today getting in it's a lot tighter than it used to be uh i used to know every security guard's name at most of the rinks and, you know, I'd go in, hey, Vic, Vic would be the guy watching the door for the Leafs right. in the front door. And, hey, Rick, how you doing? Great. Yeah. Can I get you a coffee? You know, if, if you treat those guys really well, for sure, your life is a lot easier going forward to get into the dressing room or to, to see. And you're allowed, some teams allow you in the dressing room after practice. Some teams allow you in the dressing room before practice. Right. Some teams request that you be there because they, one of your play, one of the players needs to see you uh-huh. and it's kind of all set up pre in advance or, and a lot in Toronto, when the visiting teams come in, you'll have, <clears throat> though there's not that many reps anymore, but you could have 10, 15 representatives in Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens to see the visiting team. Right. Say right. see Edmonton Oilers coming in. And you don't get to see them very often, so you would, you know, you you would have that all set up. So, how much time so, did you spend on the road going from arena to arena? Oh well, you're you're usually at a different rink every day. Wow. And so, it depends on or a practice. So, I would spend a week in Toronto. I'd spend a week on the road. I would spend. Uh, so I used to go west, and so I do Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, and that takes a week. Right. I would do. Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Columbus, Detroit, and that I drive that, and that took a week, and then you'd spend the week back in Toronto, um, and see the visiting teams or the practice or what. And if the Leafs were on the road, for example, for that week, you'd be traveling on the road as well. You'd be gone 
So you didn't need to be around. Uh, did, did you get to travel with the team or you just had to kind of like, no, like a groupie, just no, follow no. them along behind no, the bus? No, no, no. Were you I'm ever running back, after the bus like Rudy? I'm in, the back of the bus. <laughs> I'm in the back of the bus on the plane in the middle row <laughs> between two fat people getting squished together. And I'm like this, this is great. Oh, I'm traveling for business. This is so awesome. You I know, I travel this. with Brad and we, we get into that. There's about five episodes we need to get oh, yeah. to cover all the stories, but but one of the things, Brad, I, I wasn't sure. I, uh, I always thought you were, when I kind of got to know you, you were more involved, or I thought you were like the CCM Jersey guy, but you were actually skate fitter is what your license plate yeah. read. I couldn't yeah, figure out what fitter. it read. And you said, you dummy, is it skate fitter? SK8 fitter. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and I'm, what does your license plate mean? It's a skate fitter. Okay. Just read it out phonetically. You'll get it. But but I always thought at that time didn't CCM own the exclusive license for all the NHL jerseys and that yep. made Brad very popular not only with friends and that but with the players because if they wanted to get a bunch of jerseys to get right. signed right. for yep. friends and family he was the guy they would go to and that's one of the things that Brad and I worked with quite a bit that's amazing now this is I mean this yeah. is exactly the kind of thing I like talking about because when you watch. Uh, a hockey game what we're really trying to do with this podcast to show you how much more is involved with just the players trying to put the puck in the net there's the equipment representatives trying to get their equipment on the players bodies there's the memorabilia going on at the other end there's the fans there's the broadcasting there's security there's ushers there's all this stuff going on um and everyone who's involved has a an immense amount of pride in in what it is that they do now brad you mentioned that you were on a trajectory that could have potentially brought you into the nhl uh you had a knee injury that set you back and yet still you found yourself on a course that put you through junior hockey and through this the the uh the chl up into the nhl when you made that transition from the chl to the nhl do you did you feel the same sort of pride as you would imagine you would have felt had you been a player at that point uh i appreciate you thinking i was on the trajectory to go to the nhl uh, you obviously never saw me play so but that's great i'll go with that i'm gonna, I'm gonna let's work go with, with that, that one. let's go with that i'm gonna work with that one today yeah that's good um it's funny when i was 24 and i'd been uh, so i've been out for about two three years and i was kind of getting back skating and everything i thought i could come back and play mm -hmm. and i was good friends with gus badali who was a top agent back then, who was Wayne Gretzky's agent originally, and right. Steve Eiserman and all the top guys. The big and guy, yeah. I, yeah, and I was said this Gus, I said, you know, I think I can I can probably, you know, I'm watching these guys every day and I think I could maybe yeah, I'd like to give it a shot here. When he looked at me, he goes, You're out of your mind. <laughs> you have no you're you're absolutely out of your mind. There's not a chance. And I'm like, Oh, okay, well thanks for that. <laughs> and and then the more and more I saw it, like the players, their dedication yeah, and yeah. how and how hard they work, and you know their off ice activities. My off ice activities weren't probably <laughs> conducive the best. to sure, yeah, conducive to being a professional athlete who was going to excel at a bigger level. Yeah, my off ice activities were pretty good uh, for other things. <laughs> well, that not got for you playing hockey. Your off ice activities got him to be best friends with all these That's guys. That's fair. Because That's he, fair. Yeah. But as you can tell, Brad's the entertainer, and, and I uh, haven't been able to tell that yet. It's it's my yeah, podcast, yeah. and I've barely spoken. I mean, he, this he walks in a room and <laughs> I'm everybody trying to help stops. you though, Mikey. No, That's it's the problem. I'm just you, trying to help your podcast. You take here. the reins, Brad. You're doing a better job the, than the, I could. The guys, when whenever I've been around Brad and players, 
Uh, they are, they're just sitting listening and laughing and well, laughing yeah. the when, whole time. When he has stories to tell, like, my best friend or one of my good friends lost another player's jerseys, why wouldn't they Wait, be laughing? you know what? We keep harping <laughs> on that jersey thing, okay? Let's yeah, get off yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. There are a hundred other stories. Salt Lake City. I mean, we're going to go. We'll yeah. have you So on here's, here's what I want to kind of lay out. Uh, because, Brad, I, I hope you're you're having a good enough time to, to make a commitment to joining us on the podcast later on. We've got about ten minutes left or so. I want well, to ask Money you, talks, guys. Money talks. <laughs> I want to ask you a question and we'll, we'll get you that money with some of the royalties for the uh, for the acrylic case designs. Um, I want to ask you because we've been harping on my dad for the mistake that he made. No one's perfect. You have a lot of uh, high interest stakes in in uh, in getting players the equipment they need to the exact specifications. Do you have a horror story that oh, you're willing to share good. with us? I like this one. OK, Brad, go for oh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A million. A okay, million. there you go. <laughs> Shoot us with one. The yeah. one that always seems to come up, and I, I, I always shake my head, is so Mike Green was playing for the Detroit Red Wings defenseman. And uh, he's uh, obviously back. He's a high-profile player. And he goes, hey, would you mind making me a, a sample? I hear this stick you guys have is pretty hot. And, and that's that's your job, right? You just sure. want to be there. And a guy says, can you make me a sample? You're like, like a dog on a bone. Absolutely. Yep, yep, no problem. So, you know, you're all excited. You put the order in, you come back, and then you see it ship in a couple of weeks. And I go back into Detroit. I'm all excited to see Mike. Greener, greener. What do you, hey, what do you think of those samples? He goes, you know what, man? He says, they felt unbelievable. He says, I can hardly, he goes, I'm going to have a hell of a backhand. And I go, backhand? He goes, I shoot right. You oh, sent me less. No. <laughs> I'm going to have like, a hell of a backhand. What? <laughs> oh, and I'm like, oh. I just drove three hours. I'm all excited. And the guy goes, yeah, yeah. I shoot right. You sent me a left. Oh, my God. Good so try. Did you get a second shot with that or no? No, no. You get one and done. You're one and done. I love so, that. Did you ever Did you ever mess up Paul Coffey's skates? You ever get him the wrong uh, toes, oh, every big time, toe every time. Yeah. Hey, there's one time. Okay, so Canada Cup. Mm -hmm. uh, tra Canada's playing in Montreal. It's a Labor Day weekend. And uh, we're playing, I think, the U.S. in the finals in Montreal. And... Koth was crazy. He was, and I'm working at CCM at the time, and Scott Niedemeyer played for Team Canada. And he could skate. Like, he was just gliding out there like he's not even moving. Right. And drove Koth nuts. He goes, what skates? What skates Niedemeyer guy? What's his, I got, you know what? His, I go, well, he's got CCMs. And he goes, oh, he goes, I got I to gotta get a pair of those. And I'm like, well, you know, it's Labor Day weekend. The factory's closed. And uh, so 3.30 in the morning, calls my hotel room. Jenny, it's Koth. I go, yeah. He goes, you gotta go. You gotta go to the factory. You gotta call them. I gotta get a pair of those skates tomorrow. I go, Paul. It's the Labor Day weekend. Everybody's factory goes. He goes, but tell them it's for their country. <laughs> it's for the country. It's for Canada. I gotta have a pair. I'm going. Go to bed, you idiot. Get some sleep. <laughs> Hung up the phone on him. He's like, it's for Canada. Tell them it's for Canada. Just using the national pride. I love that. Three. Yeah. Oh. Well, why would you when have answered I, that phone at three in the morning in the first floor? Were you still well, just getting I thought in? It was maybe, I thought it was maybe that I'd met earlier, yeah. reconsidered. <laughs> <laughs> I thought somebody I had talked to earlier may have reconsidered my, my uh, Your invitation. proposal? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah invitation, my invitation, proposal, whatever yeah. it is. 
I love that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you have a ton of stories like that. And, uh, and one of the ones that we definitely want to get into, my dad talks about all the time, is, uh, is the first time that you had introduced him to Wayne Gretzky. And I believe that it was at the Heritage game, or was that at his no, retirement No, no, game? no, no. Uh, it goes back to Brad and I. I, I this too long. Is, I mean, no, there's this, one this, story after another. What but... I'd like to do is tease the next story, and then the next time we bring you on, Brad, uh, people know what they're, what they're in for. Because... I don't know exactly how Brad and I became friends after that uh, case that we built. And then he came in uh, egomaniac that he was with <laughs> all his photos. So Brad goes over on the tour with Wayne right. when the, when the lockout was there. And um, at one point they with Brad, I'll let Brad tell the story, but at one point they let him on the ice to play. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he'll yeah, yeah. follow up with that, but he came in with all these photos of himself and the team because nobody would have believed me no <laughs> nobody's not going to believe me so i got to get pictures and this tour they've got stadiums filled with people right, right. so you're playing yeah. in front of big yeah. crowds because wayne gretzky's out of there course. doing this tour with with paul coffee and all his buddies and so brad came in to do framing so we started that way where you know he, he obviously he's like brad's famous line is i'm like crime i don't pay <laughs> so, so he free 99 free <laughs> <laughs> so so I would, I framed up his stuff and, you know, as a thank you for the order that he gave me and we helped each other, became very good friends after sure. that. And then it goes on because Wayne was thinking of moving away from uh, upper deck at the time. Right. Well, that's, that's a story for the next podcast, but. That's a story for another time. Uh, Brad, all of your stories are, uh, are fantastic, especially, you know, as someone who's heard the Rick Nash story a million times, getting to hear that yeah. one again was, uh, that was an absolute treat. Uh, I'd love to hear down the line, maybe the next time we get you on, a couple more times where a, uh, 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 an incident with one of the players resulted in them getting the, the wrong-handedness on a stick or something like that. Those things okay, always well, take I'll give a you one teaser. I'm going to give you one teaser before we go. Sure, let's do and it. And it's, it's only at, it was with and, uh, Ty Domi. Playing for the Leafs. Uh, Brian, you've heard this. So I was working for Louisville, TPS at the time. Yep. And we come up with this bright yellow stick, composite. Back then, there was only one. And Domi was a buddy of mine since junior years. And I'd gone into to the Leafs and basically had over half the team start using this Louisville composite stick, which was awesome. So Domi uses the same stick as Matt Sundin. Okay. Exact same curve, exact same everything. Well, Matt's no problem. Every time, you know, and he could fire the puck on him. Ty Domi, on the other hand. So I come in on a Monday, Thanksgiving Monday. Uh, I'll never forget it. I come in the back room and I'm with equipment, and there's 53 yellow Domi sticks all taped up. And I go to Brian Papineau, the equipment, I go, Pappy, what's, uh, what's going on? He goes, Domi says the curves are all no good. He wants to send them back. <laughs> I'm like, hey, uh, you guys know. These are made out of a mold, right? It's a mold. <laughs> They're all the exact same. There's not a guy curving them by hand anymore. Right, it's a right. mold. So a I go, workshop goes, somewhere, listen, yeah. I don't know. He says, wait till he gets off the ice. You talk to him and see what goes on. So Scotty McKay was there. And Domi used to sit in the back corner right where the door to get out to the medical room. So all the doors open, all the media comes in. Domi's sitting back in his stall, and he wasn't playing, I don't think, then. I think this was back when he was kind of getting sat, and he was a little bitter. Sure. He's got a shirt off. Scotty McKay comes out. He's got three sticks in his hand. He goes, Ty, Ty, we got to get these stick things. So, and I'm standing in the in the dressing room, and I'm looking at him. He's going like this with each stick, looking him up and down, looking him down like this. And I guess, I don't remember, but I guess I had to roll my mind. Rolled my eyes, and he looks, and he goes, <laughs> you fucking get the fuck, get 
get your shit together. What the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's it. Back off, buddy. You're I'm done with you. Get somebody else to put up with your shit. I'm done with your bullshit. And I turn, start to walk out the room. And he chases me. Wow. Chases me out. And all the media guys are going, what's going on? And he's screaming at me. Get the fuck out. And I'm like, I'm just going to be, get lost. I'm done with you. I go in the back. I go, give me every one of those sticks. I'm done with this guy. He comes out and Brian Sharp and his skates. Ricky Lee comes running out. He says, what the hell's going on? And Pappy goes, oh, it's just Domi yelling at his stick rep. He goes, oh, okay, good. Then walks back <laughs> in this room. Pappy sharpening skates. I go to the back. I grab these sticks. And Ty's still yelling at me. And I go, I turn around. I go, what a fucking moron. Well, he hears me. Uh-oh. Now I poke the bear. And he goes, I'll rip your fucking head off. He comes chasing me. I remember it was uh, Gary Roberts, Bobby Hastings, Ed Belfour. They've got him held up against the locker to hold him. Oh, my now God. I'm, and his neck's out like this. His head's like on fire. I'm going, if they let him go, I'm dead. <laughs> like I'm, I'm dead. If he gets loose, I'm dead. <laughs> so I'm going, settle down. Like, settle. I'm trying to settle him down. They calm him down. He goes, and I go, give me every one of those sticks. Pappy goes, listen, you got to leave me three because if you don't leave me three for the game tonight, he's going to turn around and say he's got no sticks and I'm going to get fired. So I said, take three, no problem. But I said, when he's done, when I'm done with these 53, we're, we're never making him another stick again. You better tell him to get sampled by everybody. We're done. He goes, right. yep, okay, good. So I'd come every day and Domi wouldn't talk to me and uh, he, you know, he'd walk by me and, you know, we'd go just look and he'd go to another room or I'd go to another. And Gary Roberts goes, would you two just kiss and make up here? Like, you know, he's like, come on. So it goes on for about a month. So Pappy's calling, ordering sticks. So I go, yep, I got 12. I'll send you back 12. Okay, send him another 12. And I'm still sending the same the 53. Sticks. I'm still the same ones that he said were no good. I'm sending them back 12. Yep, another 12, another 12. So a month goes by, and we had another friend named Ron Chavetti who lived close or worked by the practice rink. And Ty knew him very well. And he Chavetti goes, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm just coming in to leave practice. He says, come on to my office. Stop in for a coffee first. So I'm in there having a coffee. This guy's huge, million, bulk, uh, you own Chavetti Bananas. So big, big business guy. And so I'm sitting in there having a coffee. And he looks out at his window and he goes, oh, who's here? And he looks and he goes, oh, look at that. It's Meathead. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh no. no, it's Domi. So he fucking... Shavetti gets up his office and leaves. And Domi walks in the office. It's just me and him. Oh, okay. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, uh-oh. Hey, how you doing? Good. Hey, how you doing? Good, good, good. Yeah, he goes, good. Yeah, everything good. Yeah, and he, and he goes, and he points his finger in my face. He goes, listen, I'm going to say it, but don't you ever tell anybody I fucking said this or I'll kill you. He goes, I'm sorry, okay? I'm like, yeah, okay. He goes, all right, good. Are we good? Good, good. Right, yeah, okay, yeah, we're good. He goes, and by the way, he says, the sticks have been awesome. <laughs> They've been great. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, all right. I walk out of there going, wow, that was pretty weird. But hey, I'm good with that. <laughs> and you still have your head. I love, the I, fact still lived. That, I love the fact that he says, don't tell anyone. And now here you are. Yeah, don't uh, tell anybody I said sorry. Yeah, yeah don't yeah. tell. But if you do, I'll kill you. He's a lot more mellow okay, I'm now. Sorry. Yeah, he's a bit more mellow now. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's, yeah. he's oh, calm he down. Was, like, that's the first time. I honestly said, you know, I've poked the bear a few times because I do maybe say some things that I probably shouldn't. <laughs> and that was the one where I went, uh-oh. Like, I've what really, I done? really, I'd lo- I, see, I may be, I'd be dead. Like the Rick Nash story, I'd love to hear his side of it as well, just in case there's anything that's missing. I don't know. Maybe one day we'll be able to yeah, ask him, get him up yeah. together. 
We got to finish this yeah. off, but we got to get Brad on again. Absolutely, there's like a hundred more stories to go. These through. we could we oh, could yeah. go, we could go rapid fire through these. Uh, Brad, before we take off, anything uh, you're working on? Anything you want to plug? Twitter. I'm working anything? on my tan here at the beach. I'm retired. <laughs> it's. Uh, I'm just doing little projects around here. I'm just loving it right now. So uh, the grand yeah, I'm not band. working on anything. Awesome. And we're uh, we're loving having you as well. And hopefully we'll get you back on soon. Uh, once again, thanks everyone for listening. This is Brian Aaron with President of Frameworth. We were just speaking with Brad Jansen, uh, friend of all the athletes, except for Ty Domi for a little while there. <laughs> and I am Mikey Aaronworth, and we are signing off. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we made it to the end of yet another episode. Thanks again so much for joining us. You can find videos of all of our episodes on YouTube by searching the Sign Off Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Frameworth Sport or Instagram at Frameworth Sports. And hey, if you're not sick of me yet, you can find me on Twitter over at, at Retrograde Mikey, or you can always find me embarrassing myself over on Instagram at Aaronworth. The Sign Off is a proud product of Fadu Productions and Sad Styles Productions, executive producers Mikey Aaronworth and Andrew Bascom. Until next week, This is Mikey Aaronworth, signing off. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!